When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine. And this episode of the podcast, I'm proud to present as a guest, Scott Holliday, the guitarist and songwriter behind the band Rival Sons. Now, if you haven't heard Rival Sons, you're missing out. You should have heard of them by now. Uh, They are a great representative of guitar rock, which we really need in this day and age and uh, one of their great songs and you've this is the one you've probably heard uh, keep on swinging is just goes back to all the great classic rock of the 70s in fact rival sons has all the elements of probably your favorite bands on a classic rock radio station uh, everything from led zeppelin to bits of the stones and so on. So Scott is a great guy, very personable, and we'll be right back with him on the podcast after this message. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. You know, what turned me on to the Rival Sons was uh, a Chevy Silverado commercial. Oh, and so you're a, you're a new fan. Is it? Am I? I it was, uh, <laughs> no, it was like in 2010, I think. Um, oh, a Silverado commercial from back then? Yeah, Pressure and Time, the song was, yeah. And no, so that people, commercial just came out this year. 
people should never make fun of uh you know bands any songs being used for commercials because I, I googled and said who is this man i gotta hear this and uh yeah you know it was a pleasant surprise nice so you know um anyway so like i said congrats on the new album dark fighter and you have another one coming out right Lightbringer after that we do yeah Lightbringer coming out sometime in the autumn so is it is there some sort of thing with the light and dark that uh, you could explain why they're both coming I, out in the same year i think the easiest way to put it is uh it is exactly that we have a record a collection of songs that uh one that uh seems to uh embellish or or illustrate uh this this idea of casting a shadow uh we went through uh, some years of a very divisive time jay's writing about some very personal things but there's there's kind of a seemingly kind of a dark cloud sitting over our country and, and the world in general for a couple years for us in the states it was very very social political racial uh and, and it was just a time where everybody felt really divided. It was very strange. We couldn't agree on anything on 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 how this uh, pandemic started and why it started and what was going on and if the vaccine was real and if we should be wearing masks. And everybody got really strange. And our leadership was very divisive at the time. And it was hard. It was difficult, right? Uh, you had families breaking up. Kids can't go to school. People can't work, and uh, it, it casts a big shadow over everything, a, a sense of darkness and, and disconnect. And uh, I'm sure for so many artists, as, as art should be a mirror uh, to, to the world and to, the, to society when, when we're writing and, and developing our art in that moment. It's, you're going to see a lot of stuff about this and a lot of feelings like this. Um, at the same time, we've I've always fashioned this band as, as a kind of band of hope, a, a band that's romantic. You know, there's a, a optimism in our work, and it's been kind of intrinsically built in the whole time. And we had not only just a few tracks that illustrated that, but another collection that illustrated that. So we decided to break them up. Here's the shadow being cast, and here's that optimistic light on the back end. And there's light and shade in both of these records, of course, but um, that's generally the idea. That's a good way of putting a dark, it's fighting the dark and then bringing in the light, hopefully. There you go. Yeah. Um, so the lyrical content on the light bringer will be, are you saying it's going to be even more hopeful? Yes, I am. Oh, yeah, okay. I think <laughs> I, I think there's I think there's an optimism in in this this body of work, lyrically and musically. And there's songs like um, you know the song "Electric Man." I think is one of the best pure rock songs of a, the post two thousand. And Thank you, sir. wants yeah, to die man. off the new album can be another man. That's a it's an electric song. These songs are both a lot of fun and and as deep as we can get with some material and introspective or intellectual about some of it, I think there's always an element to uh, 
sometimes in rock and roll, it doesn't need to be overthought. Sometimes in rock and roll, it just needs to be direct. Think about how many great rock and roll songs are written about cars or women that just kind of make you want to put the top down and feel good, that make you want to dance, that make you want to pump the fist, you know? We have a whole whole uh, career of ACDC songs that do that for you. <laughs> so many other bands. I always like think about you know, bands like the Stones or or, or ACDC or, or, or so many, dude, so many. Yeah, it's uh, escapism. It's and a then... form of escapism, and it's, like, great to not have to overthink everything. Although we've made quite a, a deeper record on, on this go-round, there's still plenty of room for fun, and a song like Nobody Wants to Die, even with its own kind of deeper story, it's loose. It's fun. You can feel yeah. it. We've illustrated it for you in the video. You feel it when you're there live. So there's got to be, yes, I'm going to take this this bigger bite. I'm going to go dive deep with this band. But I don't want to get suffocated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Well, you know, when I brought up post-2000, um, you know, in the first decade, there seemed like quite a bit of good guitar rock bands, you guys included. And then for some reason, we're in an era where the guitar seems to be and i'm glad i'm talking to you because you were the guitarist um it seems like the guitar is going underneath and not to the fore as much i i seem like i miss this you guys represent a guitar rock band which are need there need to be more of those bands i think in the mainstream right now do you agree well I think, uh, I don't know if that's what is needed because uh, if, it, if, it, if it was this word needed, then it will show up. <laughs> Society has a, has a thing of, uh, the world has a way of distilling things and, and kind of like spitting it out and, and, and bringing things to the, the forefront. Um, of course, I'm sure you've heard the idea of things being cyclical, running in a, in a cycle, uh, rock and roll was basically the Rome of the music industry and and ruled for so long, you know, the 60s through the 70s, into the 80s, and even into the 90s. We were kind of the most, uh, I say we, like rock and roll guitar, rock and roll music, metal and grunge, and even pop had guitar happening in it. You know, it was, it was very at the forefront and the world changed. And the world changed, and we watched uh, rock and roll and and the likes fall fall from grace, fall very far back. And that's just it's a natural it's a natural movement, you know, Ur urban hip hop, rap, type of pop and soul, and 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 those genres of music became they was natural. They were more innovative. It was more innovative. We had watched the 80s pretty much destroyed the rock and roll. It, as much as it, it celebrated it, we watched it like a snake eating at its own tail. And it just consumed itself and became, it became flat and meant nothing. And it was just all bubbling over with nothing and just no substance at all was left. And, and that's when we got something like grunge that came into the forefront that seemed to have just just oozing depth and and perspective 
and almost being guitar at the front, but being anti-guitar. And um, which I I don't totally think anybody thought they were anti-guitar, but it's just like a different approach at the instrument. Like yeah, we're not going to do. You're not going to see too much two-handed tapping anymore. That's going to go to sleep, <laughs> and you're not going to see like these extended bullshit, sparkly, sparkly pants, uh, uh, big hair. Look at all the techniques I'm going to throw at you in one solo. Like that mean nothing. It, it became, you know, if there's guitar, it's going to be more embedded in like the Hendrix or noise world, and like it's going to mean more to the song. It's going to be more of a Neil Young guitar solo. We got tons of that. And the truth is, I think it just ran itself into the ground. It just went as far as it could go. And, you know, when you get bands like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and Nirvana, the whole Seattle scene, and you get spectacular artists that 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 run that course to its top, you know, and, and have that kind of success, it can't go anywhere. No one's going to trump those bands. So what's going to happen? They're all going to fit under here and they're going to just start to disappear. And now we're looking for innovation and we've kind of just ran out of room with the guitar, I think. So you just see, you see hip hop really starting to dominate and just starts to become important and sound different and new and fresh. And that's where we are. We're running that course now. And that's okay. Cause I like that music too, where I like music in general. So yeah. we're just watching it all kind of roll. And do its thing do i think uh i think there's plenty of good rock and roll out there we are just like jazz now and funk and soul and all those other genres that aren't at the front right. you know you can still there's more music now today accessible than ever by a million miles i remember when i was young anything rare or weird you had to have a weird music buddy that just had like bootlegs and shit. Like now you can just see all of them on YouTube, the video and the bootleg or the audio. Um, it's all at our fingertips. A lot of these old bootleg things are even just uploaded. You can just like put them on your phone or on whatever, you know what I mean? So there's more music to discover and at your fingertips than any time in history times 10,000. Very um, true. Did you notice kids are more eclectic? I noticed with my own kid that when I grew up, like you chose certain niches, right? And yeah. like maybe for a couple years you were punk, then you were metal. You hung out with these different groups. My yeah. kid listens to every genre. Yeah, never shall the groups mesh. That's exactly yeah. right. I remember it, it's felt because of Spotify. I out on a lot of good music because of that. So, yeah. like, I remember as a kid, I was a rock and roll kid. I listened to some of those hair bands. And I listened to tons of the old rock and roll. That was my jam. That's what that's what I did. But I also quietly, of course, listened to Michael Jackson, listened to Cindy Lauper, <laughs> listened to Phil Collins. It was all that pop. That pop was good. Um, I remember hearing, like, The Cure and Depeche Mode for the first time, th this whole new wave of bands, and thinking – I, I just how it looked and how it felt. It was like the band that my friends, older sisters in high school, that's what they listened to. And that was not for me. Absolutely not. Duran Duran. Okay. Someone's going to beat me up if I listen to Duran Duran. <laughs> like no one's going to like me. Everyone's going to think I'm a fraud. You know what I mean? Not so anymore. We, we couldn't cross over, man. Right. And what happens? You get older and you're like, get about all those rules. 
like, I have those songs in my heart. Why am I still humming their tunes? Right. Because they were great. Because they were crafted. And you really end up learning what kind of a team was making that kind of music and how great it is and what technology was being used and how all that synth pop and all that kind of production was really, really pushing the boundaries back then. And uh, yeah, I do feel that kids are much more eclectic these days because of that. Like I, my son turned 16 today. He's uh, listening to like Samba and Bossa and he's listening to tons of jazz, deep hip hop, um, tons of rock and roll. They're getting into yeah. my, both my kids are teenagers getting into all the like 90s stuff I listen to. Like we're about to do a tour with Smashing Pumpkins. They could not be more elated. They're yeah. listening to Smashing Pumpkins right now, like yeah. the same way that I listen to the Stones, the same yeah, way yeah. when I was a kid that I listened to my parents' bands, and they were like, "That's it, Hendrix, that damn straight, that's the good stuff." I'm watching my kids go, "Dad, so I just listened to Siamese Dream, and it's amazing," <laughs> and I'm like, "You are correct." <laughs> and they'll listen to the Beatles too. It's it's uh, you know yeah. Yeah, they have everything we have. They're listening to Hendrix as well. They're listening to Zeppelin as well. So it's 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 healthy. It's great. It's wonderful. And we should all be embracing all of this. I'm a weird person that listens to music from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Up until now, I listen to all of that. I have vinyl of all of that. I, I play it for my kids. We sit down to dinner. I'll throw on Django Reinhardt. We have people over. I might throw something on from the 80s, some kind of weird 808 record. Like we're listening to everything and it creates a palette and uh, a broadened mind to remind my family that we like music and you don't have to just like the one thing, you know? We're yeah. as quick to throw on uh, uh like uh like a hip-hop record as we are to throw on metallica we're gonna throw tribe called quest on one day and throw on metallica the next day and then we're gonna throw on an ahmad jamal record one day and then the next day we're gonna throw on uh uh you know a frank sinatra record and then we're gonna throw on uh, a pearl jam record <laughs> it's fun it's more this fun. is how we should not have to be limited and we should uh, the, the the idea of appreciating music is uh it, it's got to be taught it's got to be taught and it's important you know right so our readership loves vinyl um i don't know if you're familiar with goldmine magazine but sure we, yeah, uh, it's about music collecting too as well as music history and you mentioned that you have a big vinyl collection right I mean, I don't have a, it's not Ginumbus. I have friends that have like spooky rooms, wall to uh, floor to yes. ceiling, wall to wall, like psycho, psycho collections. I, I mean, I have, I have a couple sections, but my collection is very uh, uh, thought out and like clean. I don't have a ton of overflow. Do you prefer vinyl or do you? I, I definitely prefer it. Yeah, I definitely prefer it. Um, I, I listen to music because I'm on the road and I'm obviously not taking my, my mobile audio file yes. uh, uh, turntable setup with me. Um, I listen on my phone and I listen on the computer and I listen to digital files, of course, like we all do because it's just convenient. But at home, uh, I mean, probably 85% of how I listen to music is on vinyl. 
Like in yeah. my house, I have two record players. I have a setup in the back that's a little more audiophile. And I have a, a old uh, Grindig Majestic in my front room that sounds really, really good that I listen to. Now, another thing you guys excel at is a music video. It's almost like you were meant to be in the 80s because if MTV were around, you'd probably be in solid rotation. Some of these videos. Remember when MTV was about music? <laughs> keep on swinging. Um, oh, yeah, man. The videos Actually, are. You know, my, favorite, my favorite early video we made, it was really the first video that we made. A pro, like proper video was uh, uh, pressure and time, and that I don't know if you know that video, but yes. it is it's super cool. And we no green screen. It looks like we would have done a green screen, but it's mm -hmm. no green screen. We just measured out exactly where we were with the cameras and did basically like ten locations and had to measure out exactly where everything was every time and of course the budget was so low on those things that uh it's not like we had a bunch of crew moving our equipment we drove our band van we took our own pa for playback we basically drug our stuff through the salton sea and through dunes and through weeds at schools and into a, a abandoned jail and into the desert ourselves uh just pulling cabinets <laughs> rebuilding our setup having some of the crew help with taping thing measuring off and stuff so that was like that video is really cool people should go check that out that's special it all came out in the editing when we saw the editing of this where things kind of like it's really you special. have a knack for you guys have a knack for the music video and maybe it's because you all grew up in la right were you surrounded yeah. by filmmakers that gave you advice or Maybe we also just grew up, like you said, in the MTV era. We're also uh, big fans of film. You know, I know me and Jay, we, we, we're, we're definitely movie guys. And especially with the new record with Dark, Dark Fighter, we, uh, you know, we decided on the first video, like, you know what? I don't like any of the treatments. I told him I have an idea. He said, I have an idea. We talked about it. We basically had the same idea. That's very Tarantino-esque, fun, uh, beat em up shoot em up uh, revenge film that we wanted to do for, for Nobody Wants to Die. And we both knew we wanted it set in the desert. Uh, I thought it would be great. I have that, that 56 Pontiac as my car, that old Pontiac. Thought we should use that. He said, I have my, my Mercedes. Let's use that. And we shot it in a part of uh, California that we grew up in, in the desert, high desert. Got friends together. And kind of took it from there. We just knew it. we had so much fun with it and success with it that we decided to write the next two videos too. Is it true that you you guys met through MySpace? Is that a true story? Very dating. Dating is very <laughs> hard, but um, yeah, I, I had like I had a uh, band together that was essentially the precursor to Rival Sons. It was it was me, Miley, and Robin, our old hey, MySpace player. was the place to be for music at one time, right? I mean, it was just the beginning of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like that's so <laughs> that's that's just what the world is. But that was the where it kind of started. If you were gonna look at images and listen to music, right? That was that first place. And um I had I had a singer come out to a gig while we that we played with a different singer at, at the time. 
and uh, another singer had come to the gig and said, I, I should be your singer. And uh, I ended up going, oh, I'll check you out. And I checked <laughs> him out and he was a good singer, but I didn't think he was right for the band. And on his MySpace page was a link to a guy named Jay Buchanan. And I just very, you know, I just dicking around and you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to click on links because that's what I'm going to do. And I just clicked on this guy's link very innocently. And he had a few songs posted. And I listened to the first one. It was called Satan is a Woman. It was um, him playing alone with an acoustic guitar. And in about 13 seconds, I just uh, just had like an epiphany. Mm-hmm. I just... It's like, I, I, I'm a hunter. I build bands. I've built bands since I was 13. That's what I am. I'm good at it. I was good at it then. I know how to find people. I can pick yeah. them out. <laughs> and I know I, I, I'm fairly uh, rounded at my own craft, so I have enough to bring them in. Here we go. I have some songs. I have people. I have resources. <laughs> I've just been lucky. Been lucky to have all that. And... Well, He's got and I found there. Jay. I found Jay in 13 seconds. I could hear it. Yeah. I said, that's it. That's the guy. That's the guy. That's who I've been looking for. That's why I have to move on. And I immediately uh had to give uh walking papers to the original singer, as sweet as he was. It wasn't the right combination. And even if I didn't get Jay in the band, I just just the feeling I had. I knew that I had to move on. So I did. And ended up being, when I told Miley about Jay, that uh, Jay Buchanan was one of his oldest and dearest friends. Just by chance, this guy could have been from, you know, Alaska. And I just didn't know where he was from or who he was. And it ended up being my drummers, one of his best friends. And he had played with him and everything. So... Eventually, uh, Miley got me and Jay on the phone, and we 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 hit it off really good. And that's how that went, man. We actually had a, our first our first rehearsal. We uh, played a bunch of songs. We didn't really look up. We played for about an hour and a half. And when we went outside of the studio to take a break, he walks outside. Me and him walk outside, sweaty, whoosh, and he lights a cigarette up and looks over at me, and he goes. Uh, guess we're gonna do this band thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so yeah, that's that's how that was. He, was he more of like a, a folk guy that uh, on his own? I mean, of... Jay had done a band where he played guitar and had a full band and did it, but he was yeah. at a stage where he was playing alone and uh, very much uh, a little more folk based, much more singer songwriter kind of based. Mm-hmm. And and was playing acoustically using a dulcimer, using acoustic guitar in coffee shops. Really, at this point, you know, wow. he had had he had put records out with his solo project. But uh, at this point, it was cool because I heard him broke down, and that that was good. What I ended up hearing from his band Buchanan was different, and it was a little more worked out, and not so much. I might not have been as drawn in. I'll just say that his band is really good, mm. but it, I might not have been as drawn in. To hear him as raw with that acoustic guitar was it, it was the vehicle that allowed me to hear exactly where he should be in my mind. Like, oh, that guy should be with me. I have songs for him. I know 
what I'm writing will work for him. He doesn't even know it yet, how good it's going to work out. And I had like, I had management and I had labels and people waiting because I had signed a deal earlier with Atlantic in 2000. So I had kind of people kind of going, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And um, I didn't want to present it till it was right, of course. And when I when I got together with Jay, I knew this is right. This is what's missing. This is going to be something for people. You got the whole package, which is rare. Not only voice, it's got a great straight stage presence. I mean, that's that's hard to find, man. Sometimes sure. you're, you know, the Jim Morrison who, you know, is afraid to go on stage, right? But then he turns out to be an extrovert. Sometimes you don't get that right away where he's the Oh, uh, there was growing pains with with Jay too. I mean, the, this is a guy that the growing pains are healthy because he's he, he's a star yeah but he's not a rock star right. there's no there is very little to none of david lee roth in this guy <laughs> okay yeah there's no mike twirling and, and i mean, I mean he, he has a, a great stage show but it's 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 not exactly he he's that. used to holding a guitar <laughs> he's used to holding a guitar and singing yeah. you know what i mean to be all of a sudden this guy with this mic that's gonna like <laughs> it's a different persona and it was very different for him and like between the rest of the band we're throwing all sorts of fireworks out big guitar yeah. solos and my drummer's a wild man back there and bass player at the time also just 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 wild you know what i mean so everybody is basically playing like their life depends on it and and pushing each other constantly well being quiet as the front man ain't gonna work Having a quiet persona up there and just being this great voice, that ain't going to work. No. You're going to have to come up here with a, a couple roundhouses and really get some shit done and really draw some attention, you know? And it's kind of the 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 birth spot of Rival Sons. You, it was very explosive for all of us, like, you know, supportive, but also very much a thing where we're all playing like uh, we got something to say. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a balancing act, right? You know, I don't like it when frontmen go the David Lee Roth splits and, you know, craziness. <laughs> God you know, bless, dude. God bless David Lee Roth, though, right? Come I on. love him. I love him. But if if you had every band like that, I think it would just be, which was like it in the 80s, right? Late 80s. I really don't think I need more than one. I'm good with just him. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, man. It's like who needs another Pete Townsend, right? You got one. That's, That's it. Good enough, right? Yeah, I agree. Or Van Halen, for that matter. I t my kid just started playing guitar, and this is what I tell him all the time. Um, he asked me who my favorite guitar player is. I told him, I said Eddie Van Halen, and I said that sounds weird because I don't sound like Eddie Van Halen, right? That's <laughs> not what you would think from me. And I, um, I could say a different guitar player, probably like say ten different guys. But I said, few people have been so inventive mm. and embody so much of what I love about the electric guitar, um, like Eddie or Django Reinhardt. Like these guys, I don't sound anything like Django. I don't sound anything like Eddie. Maybe a little bit more Eddie sneaks in there for sure, here and there. But um, the point I made to him was I started learning all of, all of Van Halen's catalog as a kid, as a guitar player, and got, got pretty much all the way up to the... the 5150 era where I just decided I can't sit on this 
like learning all these songs. That's not what it's about. And if I stay too far on these, this path, what happens is it sounds so good. It's such a great technique. It's so many great ideas. It is so complete and like sounds so original and wonderful that, you know, you hear the guys that did that. They sound like Eddie and basically they can't make music. They just sound like they can do Van Halen songs, you know? And I realized it was a great learning lesson for me. You're not supposed to do everybody's everything and you don't want to sound exactly like them. You want to let them be them, take what you can from it and enjoy it. And there's a different way to um, absorb that creativity and that technique and stuff and make it your own kind right. of stuff. If I had to guess your influences, I would have said, which is a high compliment, the three guys in the Yardbirds, Paige, Beck, and Clapton. You have certainly very, very large influences on me. Old, All three. The good old school solo. Like the solo is almost a song in itself. It doesn't go, it, it doesn't have to be too showy, but it's like a song in itself. And I like those guys a lot. And I like that era a lot because I love this simplicity, textural, uh, and brash playing from that era. Yeah. I, I, I definitely appreciate those three guys very much and their careers as they ensued. Like, you know, especially Jeff Beck moving into a very fusion era like the, the blow by blow and wired right. record so important and interesting and progressive and toneful and, and and inventive you know they're great um dave gilmore was a huge okay, huge that's influence. a good that's a good one yeah uh but so many new guys too i mean as i as 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 like being like john frushant was a big guitar player for me uh a lot of funk players were guys for me and jazz and soul guys that I took little things from and, yeah. and um, Eastern music and into the 90s. Uh, uh, besides Jean Fruchamp, bands like Pearl Jam were a big thing. Uh, uh, Dinosaur Jr., like that whole era was really interesting to me. Uh, Billy Corgan, massive influence for me early on in the 90s. Like I loved what he was doing, all that light and shade. Would uh, Tony Iommi be? Because, you know, I saw this, you know, I don't watch the Grammys as much as I used to, but I saw this clip of you guys playing the Grammys. Yeah. Pigs. <laughs> yeah, man. That was fantastic, man. Yeah. I mean, Tony, I mean, it's just almost like, like a Hendrix, massive. Uh, yeah. Tony Iommi, massive. These are just like, almost like just built in. Their, their songs are like lullabies. They're songs that I heard from the moment I could recognize and remember rock and roll, that's the sound. They're kind, they're kind of in your subliminal conscious right now. They're just it's Mary had a little around. happy birthday. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah, they're just you know what I mean. Like you think of like a foxy lady and like war pigs and stuff like yeah. that. It's just it always was. Yeah. It never wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Good luck on the tour, man. You're doing your own headlining tour, right? Go check the dates. We have an app anybody can go download too. And that app, this is the new thing. I even my even my kids like you guys have an app. 
wow, that's weird. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. That's what people like want now. So we have one of those. We have a website you can go to, but we have an app. Download the app. That'll keep you like up to date with everything. There's always dates, like any weird things we're doing, anything we're releasing, special releases, all that stuff. Uh, but you can get all the dates there easily. You can buy tickets from there. Right. Uh, please come out. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much, man. Enjoy. Cool, man. Great talking with you. Take care. Thank you, Scott. This is the Goldmine Podcast, Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine. Thank you for listening. Also, go to goldminemag.com for other content and go to shop.goldminemag.com to get exclusive collectibles and vinyl since we are the music collecting magazine since 1974. Thank you for listening and see you next time on the Goldmine Podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.